following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 89 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. And this is Stank. This is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We bring you brand new episodes every Monday, uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, you can follow us over at social media. We're at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, go back into the archives and listen to some of our fun episodes if you're a new listener um, or just feel like revisiting some of the older episodes. You know, We have a lot of fun episodes with the likes of uh, Effie, Brody King, Colt Cabana, Vicky Guerrero, Kylie Ray, uh, as well as uh, just other random ones that we've done here and there. We've reviewed Kill Bill. Um, we do a lot of fun movie reviews and stuff. And if you enjoy us and uh, want to hear a little bit more of us, uh, head on over to Patreon. Um, we have like four different tiers that you can pick from. And uh, yeah, we do a Power Ranger miniseries called Go, Go, Scrump, and Stank, as well as uh, you know a weekly movie review in the form of uh, Scrump and Stank family video. This week, uh, we have a really fun episode as it pertains to the Truman Show that's going to be coming out this Friday, as well as a Go, Go, Scrump, and Stank this week, talking about the uh, original cast of the Power Rangers, you know, Jason, Kimberly, the the OG team that you guys all know very well. Um, Mentioning Patreon, though, I got to give a shout out to not only the sponsors of the show and Freelance Wrestling, Gorilla Publishing, M3 Toys, and the Cryptic Closet, um, but our our wonderful Patreons, Dave, because it's growing. Every week it seems to grow. Um, So I just want to give a shout out to our patrons, of course. I'm talking about the wonderful Clifford Fraser, Jesse Kohlenberg, um, our little buddy, Mark Villanueva, Joshua Davis, Ryan Mears, Neil Flanagan, Shannon Howanick, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, Vivian Urbina. Uh, Vivian, your in-store order is ready for pickup. I've been meaning to text you, but now you know. Uh, Anthony Torres, uh, as they joined us last week, Brandon from New Jersey and WH Park. And then Stank, we have a brand new uh, Patreon to, to shout out this week. Um I love this man. He works very hard. He, he's another member of, of the post-wrestling family. This guy has, uh, has man, I don't want to say like resilience, but I guess you would say resilience because uh, he watches so much wrestling so that we don't have to. I'm um, talking, of course, of uh, John Ceno. Uh, you guys might know him as uh, John Ceno Evil on, on Twitter and stuff. He does a lot of stuff over at Post Wrestling, um, watches all the wrestling that we don't, and reviews it in like under 15 minutes. Um, you know, so shout out John Ceno. Uh, you know, wonderful to, to have you join us on board over here at the PWT Cast Patreon. And uh, hey, if after this podcast you you know you feel like joining patreon.com forward slash pwt cast the link will be in the description dave it's been uh quite the eventful week it's wrestlemania week and technically we're recording on this sunday um so we probably won't have much to talk about the second night uh of wrestlemania but i meant i did mention to you that i watched the first night um very weird like seeing people back like actual people in the crowd um like I, I mean, you see people there during um, AEW every Wednesday, but it's it's the crew, you know, it's the wrestlers that they're not using all the extras and stuff. And this was just straight up like fans, like regular fans in the crowd surrounding the ringside and stuff. Um, the- yeah, full, full full disclosure, I have I've only seen some clips of night one, but I will say 
yeah, seeing people ringside at a WrestleMania was very refreshing. It was very, uh, it was like, oh wow, because like Thunderdome has has done a, a a good job of approximating an audience, but just seeing actual bodies there moving and reacting was it was a nice welcome uh, change from from what we normally have been getting lately. Yeah, and like. Um, again, the show was fine. Two two things really just that stuck out to me that I, I felt the need that to, to bring up to talk about. Because, listen, there's no shortage of wrestling podcasts re- reviewing the show and things like that. And we are in by no way, shape, or form going to do anything like that. Um, but number one, uh, shout out Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. These two women main evented very emotional. Like, right before the match even starts, like, everyone is cheering and you see the emotion in their faces. Like, they are ready to to start crying because it's monumental like it is the first time two black women have a wrestled on a show but b they're main eventing like they, you know they're breaking fucking like they're breaking down walls breaking down barriers like it was awesome and they put on a great match too there's at one point oh it was a nasty looking battle wound on sasha uh bianca like whipped her with her hair and it just left like a big gash on the side of Sasha's like uh ribs and I was just like Jesus but that, that was really fun it was awesome you know I'm a big fan of Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks obviously so it was awesome to see those two get the chance to tear to you know tear it down but secondly um I've been singing the praises of one bad bunny for a while uh but admittedly I was nervous I was like what if that guy goes in there and like you know shits the bed, shits the bed. <laughs> because listen like most celebrity wrestlers aren't like that good. Like, you know, like people were like, Oh, Pat McAfee over at NXT. That guy was a wrestler. He had wrestling training. He had been wrestling for a while before, even before he joined WWE. Um, but no, this guy had no training. He moved to Florida. It was, you know, they, they said Adam Pierce and Drew Gulak were the ones training him. And like, boy, did it fucking pay off, dude. This guy was amazing. Like I very much thought it would be, you know, he would come in and it hit like, uh, you know, like at one point he hits like a, a arm drag. I figured, okay, that and his maybe like work punches will be all he does. And um, it'll be fine. It'll be fun. It'll be a quick little match. Damian Priest will get in there and, you know, hit a, fal- hit a Falcon Arrow and that's it. Not at all. This guy was in there hitting Tornado DDTs, Huracanranas. Like he was actually like wrestling and he was pretty good like at one point him and damian priest hit synchronized falcon arrows which was insane um but you know of course uh he hits a fucking canadian destroyer to to john morrison and the outside of the ring uh it was awesome like i did not expect myself to enjoy that match whatsoever or at least not to the level that i wind up enjoying it like it was more so one of those like yeah this will you know this will be fun to watch very like very fun match you know um it, it, it was one of the no go ahead well I, I was gonna say too like as easy as, as it is to dismiss oh uh bad bunny's a performer so of course he would do well in front of a live audience like you got to understand like wrestling's not his gig he's a fan clearly um which is way more than you can say about a lot of the celebrity stunt casting they do for WrestleMania well, clearly a lot of people are there just cuz they're a big name um but yeah like it reminds me i was listening to a podcast uh Conan O'Brien does called Conan O'Brien needs a friend and he was talking to Shaq and Con- and Shaq says to Conan uh i was i've been asked to do stand up comedy and i'm 
terrified. I don't want to do it. I don't see how you do it. And Conan's like, but Shaq, you, you've performed, you know, you've done basketball for championships in front of roaring crowds and you're on TV in front of millions of people. How could you say you're scared to do stand up? And this, it's just a different skill set. And for someone like that to come from the world he's in and then perform at such a high level, like say what you will about bad bunny. And a lot of people have said a lot of bad things about him in the WWE for no reason other than weird bias, but I've heard nothing but good things about his match. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like there was a lot of like afterwards, I was like, put him in the best of the super juniors or put him in PWG. Like <laughs> he was very good, and it was it was one of those things where like I like there's people that I know that don't like me for whatever reason, um, but they love Bad Bunny, and I know that like Bad Bunny is not shied away from talking about how big of like for people that like Bad Bunny, like it is a big thing. Like I've seen so many like. So many people that I know who are big, like my sister, who's does has not given a shit about wrestling since we were kids. Like she was asking me, like she's always talking to me about Bad Bunny and wrestling, and I'm just like, whoa, what weird like topsy turvy universe. Like friends, I had no idea even knew anything about wrestling, are all of a sudden coming coming out of the closet, like you know, being wrestling fans and stuff, which is awesome. You know, a lot of laps fans. But my favorite is that I know there's people out there that fucking hate me that have to sit on Twitter or like Instagram and Facebook and see all these bad bunny clips. And by virtue of like they associate wrestling with me that they're probably just like, you know, and and also like he's very good. So it's one of those things that he's probably going to do more. Like I would probably expect bad bunny to be back for like a SummerSlam or something, you know, hell, maybe maybe even next WrestleMania. Well, and it kind of makes you wonder, too, like, I mean, like I said, clearly he's a big fan of wrestling. And I wonder if he's one of those people where, like, you always had a dream, but you settled on something else. I wonder if he settled on being a music superstar and really wanted to do was be a wrestler. Maybe. I mean, like, even then, like, he is so successful as a musician. Like, you know, they play the statistics beforehand. This man has 8.3 billion streams. Like, how insane is that? 8.3 8.3 billion streams on just Spotify. Like, those statistics were just for Spotify alone. Like, he is, like, again, people that don't know who he is and, like, you know, understand, like, he is a giant, like, mammoth fucking person within, like, the Latin community. Like, again, you know? So it, it's just, it, that was very awesome. It was very awesome to see that. Um, again, night two of WrestleMania, not, there's not that much. I'm really looking forward to, um, but I'll, I'll probably watch, you know, I'll I'll just for the sake of watching, like it was fun. Like I, I kind of fell out of love with wrestling during the pandemic, WWE specifically. Um, but WrestleMania tends to be fun. And the, the best part is, is that like, because they split it into two nights, it's only six or seven matches and you don't have to worry about it, you know, starting at three in the afternoon and ending at one in the morning, because that just, I don't want to see nine hours of any wrestling, you know? Um, yeah. But one thing I do want to watch nine hours of is the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, specifically, oh. oh, my God, dude, this last episode. Oh, my God. Uh, Chef's Kiss, first of all. It was awesome where at the end of last week's episode, you saw the Dora Milaje show up, you know, specifically in Io. Um, yeah. And so it was one of those things where it's like, they're going to fucking show up in this episode. And when they do, oh, my God, it's the best. They kick the shit out of John Walker which my favorite line was like, he just gets his ass kicked and he's like, 
they weren't even super soldiers. You know, like it was like one of those things where had Bucky and fucking Sam not interfered, he'd probably be dead at the hands of Adora Milaje. You know, there's like the one oh, line yeah. where he's like, you guys don't have juris- jurisdiction here. And she's like, Adora Milaje have jurisdiction wherever, like they wherever we want and shit. Um, and also when he's like, he's like, what do they got pointy sticks? And then it gets stuck on the wall and then she fucking throws him into the into the spear and it doesn't even move and he just fucking hits the ground. I was like, oh, yeah, he's like, so good. He, he can't get loose like oh, one of the Dora Milaje. She has to come over and like let him go. And it's just like, yeah, very much puts him in his place. When she kicks the shield up like Cap, I was like, oh, so good. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it was awesome. Like, I love this episode. I liked seeing like um, you, you kind of go back to like uh, the Winter Soldier when we kind of first meet Sam. Um, like he was working with people with PTSD, you know, people who had been through some shit during the arm and during, you know, whatever war it was that they wars that it was that they served, um, which is kind of the crux of the relationship between he and, um, Steve Rogers. And you see him that, you know, that with him and Carly Morgenthau and, like it was, it was a little bit of a bummer, you know, cause like you knew, you knew this guy was way impatient and he wasn't going to show up, Mm -hmm. um, so I just I want to get your your impression of it. I was in the impression he hadn't taken the super soldier serum yet, um, but then when like you know towards the end, are, are we to believe he already has taken the super soldier serum? Um, yes, I I I think so. When you watch it, he he's got a couple tells, like when he picks it up, when he picks up the the remaining vial, and he kind of turns his head. You can tell. He's like, I'm going to take this, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, there's a couple times where he just he gets real jittery, and you see it as he's walking up. Like he'll do like a weird like arm shake, he'll twitch. Um, and I really think you're starting to see the serum work into his system. So I, I mean, I kind of like that they don't show him taking it, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's embedding a shield into a concrete wall and and he's jumping out of a window and doing the superhero pose. And then you're like, oh, shit, this guy's on serum. So and I mean, the running theme with Captain America has been like, if you're if you're good, the serum will turn you great. If you're bad, it'll make you worse. And, you know, it, it just goes to show maybe this guy didn't have good character. He had a lot of pride. And you can see it. someone made note online and they said every time he introduces himself, he goes, hi, John Walker, Captain America. Like he's got a, even though he's wearing the suit and he's got the shield on, he, he wants everyone to know I'm Cap, I'm Cap. And Steve, Steve Rogers never did that. He always introduced himself as Steve. So, um, which is, it's funny that you mentioned that because to the point where like, um, he, like he does that so much as far as like, hi, I'm Steve. The first time that John Pollock watched Infinity War, and mind you, he wasn't. Uh, it's it, it's like a, a funny bit now, but he wasn't familiar with the MCU movies as much as he is now. But virtue, he's like reviewed them all. Um, he and Way are doing that review, and at one point, he's like, "Yeah, you know something like, you know, I really like the character of Steve Rogers, but like, where was Captain America?" And they're like, "He's like, oh, what do you mean?" He's like, "Yeah, like Captain America wasn't in this movie, right?" He's like, "Oh, it's Steve Rogers." But again, it's because nobody ever refers to him as Captain America. Everyone refers to him as Steve. And he himself, you know, he's like, like, there's the, you know, scene with him and Groot where, you know, he's like, hi. He's like, hello, I'm Steve Rogers. Um, yes. So that is a thing, yeah, where Captain America was pretty, like, humble. 
uh, you yeah. know, about it when when it came to introducing himself. Um, but yeah, no, there is definitely a bit of that, you know, about a bit of like, yeah, 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 no, I'm I'm the new Captain America. Like, look at me, look at me. And even that last episode, when he was trying to get the people in Germany that were aiding the flag smashers, uh, the guy's not cooperating clearly, and he goes, "Don't you know who I am?" And it's just like that that bad character showing through again. And so they've done a really good job of over the course of these four episodes showing, you know, of course he put his, his best foot forward on TV, and he's like, "Oh shucks, so, you know, I've got four medals of honor," and then. You know, later on, he goes, you know, what we had to do to get those four medals of honor. And he wasn't proud of it. So, like, this is a guy that doesn't live with integrity. And to Baron Zemo's credit, you know, he, he says you cannot separate supremacism from people that want this super serum. I mean, it's just inherent. And then, you know, Bucky brings up, well, Cap wasn't bad. And then Zemo says, well, we haven't seen another Steve Rogers, have we? And so it's very telling about how pure Steve Rogers was. And I mean, we saw it, he, he lifted Mjolnir, so he's worthy. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and there's so like, there's specifically like the one scene that, you know, got to talk about is at the end of the episode, um, his best friend, uh, who goes by the name of what is it? Star Smasher? Uh, Battlestar. Battlestar. I'm sorry. Battlestar. Um, the implication is that he's dead. I'm going to assume that he's dead. Where he gets yeah. like kicked right into like a like a yeah, yeah like that concrete column, and that he's dead. And mind you, the one guy who does it earlier in the episode talks about he's like you know I'm a big fan of Captain America. You know I, I grew up idolizing Captain America, but like now's basically the gist of what he's saying is like now is our time to be you know superheroes and and you know that guy is the one who eventually gets killed at the hands of Captain America. Captain America chases him down because, you know, he's blaming him by virtue of he's friends with Carly, who she was the one that kicked him into the concrete beam, runs him down, and then straight up just caves in his chest with the fucking Captain America shield that Uh, gets covered in blood in broad daylight. Like, everyone is standing around. Yeah. Yeah, with their phones, just watching this guy just gave this man's chest and it is fucked up like it is it was one of those things where i was like this is metal as fuck dot so, dot dot but also like holy shit i did not expect to yeah. see this yeah well and then also it just really underscores um the hypocrisy of someone like john walker so um during that you know when sam is interviewing i can't remember her name the flag smasher lady harley yeah, so, so he's he's waiting, he's waiting. He's like, we got to go in. And then Bucky's like, no, just give him time. You didn't give him the time you said. And he goes, do you really want blood on your hands? Do you really want your partner in there with a super soldier? <laughs> and he's going to die. And he does the exact same thing to his partner, Battlestar. He lets Battlestar go up there and fight a bunch of super soldiers. And instead of realizing what he said was true for him. The blood is on his hands. He let his partner go do that. He blames this other guy who was a fan of Captain America as a concept and just kills him. So like there's, there's this weird lack of virtue with this guy um, that really stands in contrast to how Steve Rogers was portrayed. And, uh, and then he almost seemed proud of killing the guy. He's, he stood there, puts the shield on and he's almost posing with it with blood dripping down and it was a really, really uh, 
powerful image. And it, and again, we, you know, we discussed this last time we talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's kind of the way the world views America sometimes. We just go in and we shed blood and we insert ourselves where we don't need to be. Um, and, you know, to, to that note, too, you also mentioned, you know, John Walker tells, um, I can't remember her name, the lady from Wakanda, he says, you don't have any jurisdiction, but he has no jurisdiction there himself either. So um, this guy's full of con- contradictions. No, for sure. Like I, you know, kind of speaking about like, like there's a perfect line. One of my favorite lines where Carly, she calls um, Sam's sister and she's, you know, in hopes of like, I need you to call Sam and tell him we have to meet. This is right before, you know, shit hits the fan and Cap starts murdering people. Um, But there's a specific line where she, you know, where she's kind of like putting the onus on Captain America john walker and she's like my world doesn't matter to america why why should i care about its mascot and that's very much like that that very much stuck out to me because it's like yeah like you know like people like there are so many underrepresented people that like captain america doesn't necessarily represent them you know at least not this captain america you know you could argue steve rogers very much fought for everyone and is a better representation of you know, red, white, and blue that I would want to have as opposed to this fucking, this weirdo with the shield. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited. Next week's episode is supposed to be like 61 minutes long, which is, oh, mm. and there's been the, the tease of this mystery character that, uh, you know, is, is supposed to show up and I, I'm, I'm just excited for it. I, I'm loving every minute of this yeah. show uh, and I just, I, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for it. Um, yeah. Very, it's kind of, there's only two more episodes left, too. Ooh, I know, I know, but but it's gonna be barn burners. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. And then uh, the last bit of news that I had very quickly. I mean, aside from you know, rest in peace, DMX. DMX unfortunately passed away this yep. week. Uh, go listen to his music; it's fucking awesome. Love me some DMX. Um, but the last bit of news that I had before you know we get into the interview with Val was uh, just like a quick note. Um, so they are clearly making an Into the Spider Verse two based on the massive success of, of the first one, um, which is it's exciting because I love that movie. Um, but Christopher Daniel Barnes, who voiced the, uh, he was the voice actor for the Spider-Man from the original animated Spider-Man series of the 90s. He's rumored to be coming back. I am so excited for that because with the way those movies are, you could definitely, like, they can, one, draw him the way he's supposed to look, um, yeah. but also just like incorporating him in there. It's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Because for those of you who are unaware, that series never got an official ending. Um, it kind of just ends and they move on to a new series. Um, but like they never, they never got to finish telling their story. That's why I like the whole, there's like a whole like cliffhanger with what happens to MJ and stuff like that. It's, it's very interesting. Um, my buddy Juan David over at sci-fi wire, he, he did like a video on it. Um, if any of you guys are interested, let me know. I'll, you know, I'll drop the link, um, you know, for that. Uh, but I'm very excited to have him in because I am, I, I can only imagine how much, you know, out there, how much more out there they're going to get with this next uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie. Um, so it'll be fun to see, you know, what what uh, you know, Christopher Daniel Barnes can bring to, to this role. Um, 
but yeah, let's uh, let's get into this week's episode. This week we have the pleasure of talking to Val. Um, it was kind of a lengthy episode, but hey, you know, there's one thing that we love about Val is, is how much she can talk. And uh, yeah, this was this was fun. You know, like I, we mentioned in the episode months ago, she was like, "Hey, can I be episode 89?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure." Like, there's very few people that ask to be on that we say no to. Um, I mean, honestly, there's very few people that just straight up ask to be on, you know, um, like, I, like, I remember, I think the only other person has been like, Hey, when can I be on the podcast? was like, uh, Juan that works with us. But I was like, you gotta wait till you're here for a year. Um, cause yeah. it'd be very awkward if you get fired. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a very fun interview with Val. You know, she's been out, um, she's been kind of just all over the country right now. Um, she's been helping get people vaccinated, which is awesome because, you know, people need to get vaccinated and a lot of a lot of people not getting vaccinated is just people being uninformed as to whether or not they qualify or where they actually can go get vaccinated and so she's kind of helping out with that kind of helping out with the whole rollout of it um she i all weekend long i saw praise for her she worked effie's big gay brunch as well as uh, ali cat's uh real hot girl shit and a lot of people like were tweeting about her and um you know like hey who who is that ring announcer who is that like very happy for her because it's clearly something that she loves. So, um, really happy to see her success, you know, because she is legitimately one of my favorite people. Very, very selfless, very just awesome of a person, you know? Um, and you'll get to hear her story here and kind of just hear her talk about a little bit of everything. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get to this week's episode with the one and only Val Capone. remember my one of like my first few aaw shows um i'd only been going to them for a little bit it was like right when i started going to see more independent like wrestling shows where like shortly after i I discovered colt cabana and i was just like oh cool this he does these all right let me go um there was one it was one time over i believe bourbon street uh and normally it was like uh, it was jimmy the announcer but he wasn't there he wasn't doing the ring announcing it was somebody else and I distinctly remember her Cubs tattoo. And then that was just that was just kind of it for a while. And then we started going to more freelance shows and she would appear there as well. And then just being around like that circle of wrestling people, being around, you know, like Matt Nix and stuff, like you see a lot of the same faces, you meet a lot of these people, and that's sort of where we met, you know, today's guest. And much like with most people who now work at Pro Wrestling Tees, it start it starts out as like we need someone to do this remedial task that just none of us have time to do. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like, Oh, I know someone and then they wind up working there. You know, that's how Paul got his job there, that's how Castro got his job there. That's how most people get their jobs. Um and she's one of them, you know. She she soon uh she took over Heat Press Island as uh she she likes to call it. Um, she's a roller derby legend here in the city of Chicago. Um, she loves her, she loves her some Malort. Uh, you know, if there's one thing I know about her is she loves Disney. She loves Malort, which is always fun because, uh, I don't love Malort, but I, 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 you know, if I want to talk like Star Wars and shit with her, I can always talk that with her. She's uh, a, much like me, a fellow alumni of Lakeview High School. Um, again, which is always fun because I always just find random people in my life that are like, yeah, I also went there obviously not with me but you know they went there um you know she's she's just one of those like people that 
I enjoy being around because of the positivity that she brings. Um, I tend to be someone who's always just like Charlie Brown most mm-hmm. of the time, where it's like, oh, woe is me. But it's hard to be like that around her because, again, she's such a positive force, like especially at the shop where <laughs> more often than not, people are walking around and they're like attitudes and stuff. But again, it's just it's hard to be like that around her because um, she's just such a wonderful person. You know, she loves wrestling. And so it's, it's makes sense that she's down in Florida this weekend that she's going to be doing some commentating because, again, she's also started commentating uh, when she's not doing like backstage interviews and stuff like that. Uh, we're very happy to have her on. She Not many people request specific episodes. People will be like, hey, can I be on and stuff? And uh, she's like, hey, can I be uh, episode 89? And this was like a while back too. I, I think we were like in like the 30s, maybe 40s. And we're like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And uh, hey, now we've reached that milestone. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, the one, the only Val Capone. Val, how are you doing? Dude. That is so nice of you. Um, I'm like sitting here, like raising the roof and like Arsenio Hall fist pumping and just being stoked at that intro. Like that is, you are so sweet, Birdo. Oh, and yeah. I mean, hey, I like, like I've said it before. The intros are one of my favorite part. Like normally when we have one of these interviews, like I'll sit there all day and I'm just like, all right. I mean, and we were supposed to record yesterday, but just it was time constraints. It was easier to do it today, but like. All day yesterday, I'm just like in the warehouse counting creatures, just like, all right, I can say this about her, I can say that about her, okay. And then I always get really nervous right as I'm about to do it because I try to do it just like, you know, lay it on instead of just like, oh, she, she, she does this, she does that, uh, hey guys, it's Val. And then it's like this nice, beautiful thing I was going to say that should have taken two, three minutes. Yeah gets blurted out in like 15 seconds uh but no yeah like you are someone who again um i remember you did cousin jeremy's podcast like uh a while back ago and i remember like telling you i think it was like you you were just like uh, i don't know how i feel about the episode but i was like val your life story is like a movie bro yeah. like it is <laughs> it, you know um and i guess with this being the pwt cast specifically and you being down like uh in florida i know you're you're working effie's big gay brunch correct yeah, and also uh, Alley Cat's real hot girl shit. And I'm stoked because I get to say it's a real hot girl shit show that I'm working. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm doing a ring for Alley and commentating for Effie's Big Gay Brunch. So how exactly is it that you get involved with wrestling? Because like I mentioned, the first time that I noticed you was uh, when you took over like ring announcing duties uh, for like that one day AW show. But how is it that you just wind up because i mean again for someone being as big of a wrestling fan as you are i got to imagine when they're just like hey do you want to do anything involved with wrestling that you're just gonna like jump on the opportunity yeah i mean honestly that's exactly what it was so basically for me um i fell in love with wrestling when i was a little girl my father and my mother but tall dad primarily uh was a roadie my whole life and so he would do everything from like security to stagehand work to tour managing production managing uh he was the ld which is lighting director at the original slammies like the very first slammies that they had ever at wrestlemania 2 and since uh your girl valfons here is a little bit aged like a fine wine oh there goes the trolley outside here in New York City. <laughs> um but uh you know i was about seven years old at mania 2 and that was the first show i ever remember attending and i thought it was because my dad worked for ozzy osbourne when I was a real little kid. And so Ozzy escorted out the Bulldogs for the tag match. So I thought that's why we were there. 
And it said it was because Tall Dad was um, the lighting director. So I kind of fell in love with wrestling my entire life. And uh, that actually led me to roller derby because I also loved roller skating. And after wrestling on Saturday nights, sometimes there would be roller derby on in Chicago. And so I became obsessed with it. And in 2000, in the early 2000s, I was down in Austin, Texas, because prior to roller derby and wrestling kind of taking over most of my time, I used to work at, um, you know, independent music venues. And so I would tour with bands a lot and do merch or tour manage or tour mom, as I like to call it. And so I'd always be down at South by Southwest. So one year I found uh, flat track roller derby and I was fascinated by it because I had always grown up watching bank track following wrestling on Saturday nights. And the girls there were phenomenal. They were, it was all female. It was all punk rock. It was just like super DIY mentality. And I loved it. And then lo and behold, in 2004, uh, I was doing security and cocktailing, bar backing and, and bartending at a club in Wicker Park in Chicago that no longer exists called, called the Blue Note. Um, and our DJ asked me like, hey, how do you feel about roller derby? And I was like, oh man, I freaking love it. I wish that there was some here in Chicago, but I've only ever seen it in Austin. And he said, well, there are these two women that are looking for, and this is always my standard line, <laughs> looking for a bunch of badass, good looking broads that know a lot of people. And at first I was like, mm, I think that's a compliment. So I think I'm going to call these women. <laughs> So I started skating and training with the Windy City Rollers um, from Jump Street. I think I was the first person they actually recruited. And I had a gnarly knee injury in my first season. And instead of retiring, like a lot of us did in the early days, um, you know, or quitting, whatever you want to call it, I started kind of stalking out the leagues in the world and studying them and watching their gameplay. And then all of a sudden, somebody thrust a microphone in my face. So I became a roller derby commentator by accident, just from sitting on the sidelines while injured. And then so since 2006, I've traveled the world talking about roller derby on a microphone. So, <clears throat> excuse me, one of my very best friends from like my punk rock days in high school and college, who I'd always watch like every pay-per-view with, was Dr. Keith from AAW. So I knew that he was working with AAW and we needed an MC for the night for a fundraiser we had for a skater who had cervical cancer. And we were trying to raise funds for her uh, medical treatment. So he said, yeah, you know, I'm working in wrestling. And I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. That's living the dream, bro. And then he emceed our event. It was great. It was fun. We raised her a ton of money. And then flash forward to 2016, and I had been um, going to a lot of AAW shows for years and other indie uh, promotions. And, of course, still going to WWE all the while. And he said, hey, are you coming to our show tonight? He texts me while I'm beer vending at Wrigley Field. Like, that's my shoot job. That's my full-time gig, other than working at Pro Wrestling Tees. And I said, yeah, of course I'm going to go. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. And he's like, well, can you be there before doors? And I was like, dude, y'all are on the south side. I work at Wrigley Field. I don't know if you can math that. I don't think I can make it. And he's like, well, we really need a ring announcer. And I was like, excuse me? He said, Jimmy had an emergency. And, you know, you were the first person I thought that could that could fill his shoes, or at least I could try to. I don't think I did. He's so good. But um, I said, yeah. And I <laughs> I left Wrigley Field. I finished the Cubs game. I got in the car, and I uh, did. I definitely did not do my hair and makeup while I drove because that would be absolutely unsafe. And uh, I got there just in the nick of time, and then I remembered that I had a gnarly roller derby <laughs> injury to my ankle, and I had a walking cast on. So I was like, oh, wow, I have to ring an ounce with a boot on my foot. 
And then I said, screw this. And I taped it really tight, zipped up some motorcycle boots that went up to my knee and nobody even knew I had basically a dislocated ankle on underneath that boot. So that's yeah. how I accidentally got my start into wrestling. And then it kind of turned into, you know, I was just always there and hanging out at shows and supporting. And I fell in love with freelance because it definitely like I love both promotions, but like freelance stole a huge chunk of my heart. Cause you know, it's everything I love. It's like do it yourself mentality, supporting the scene, like lifting everybody up with positivity and like giving people that might not have a home, a place to call home, you know? And so I was just at every freelance show. And because the roadie in me would always stand like near the entrance because I'd watch people like mark out and almost take down the lighting rigs. And so I was like, no, you can't do that. Not on my watch. My dad would kill me. And also it's just not right. So I was always there kind of like, fake, not at all security. And then, um, you know, just helping out any way I could. And one day, um, Andy Long, two juice, notorious, infamous referee for Chicagoland. Uh, he said, Hey, unfortunately Kirby is under the weather. Would you be interested in ring announcing it for freelance underground? And of course I jumped at the opportunity. Matt Nix was on that show. And I said, Hey, uh, Nix, I'd curiosity do you have anybody filling in for kirby tomorrow did you already book someone he goes actually i was wondering if you would like to do it so uh kirby's recovery took a little bit longer than we had thought but uh while he was out i i stepped in to fill in for kirby who is legendary and iconic and uh he's just a phenomenal human um he's like my big brother in wrestling and he's so wonderful um so i filled in for him and when he recovered and he was better it didn't make sense for me to hold that position anymore. But Matt Nix was so rad. He was like, you know, Kirby's our guy, but I want you to be our guy. Do you, can I create a job for you? I was like, do you feel okay about doing something else? And so I assumed it would be like security or production or something along those lines. And I go, yeah, dude, throw it at me, whatever you need, I'm down. And he said, I would really like for you to be the backstage correspondent for freelance. And I said, you don't have one. And he goes, yeah, I know. I want to create that job for you. So <laughs> I was just kind of blown away that he gave me this opportunity because he wanted me to stay on board with freelance. And that just kind of turned into, you know, um, Steve, Principal Steve of Warrior Wrestling. He was at a freelance show and he said, I'm certainly not trying to poach you, but if Matt Nix is okay with it, would you want to come on board and be the Warrior Wrestling backstage correspondent? And so that kind of happened. And then he also asked me, with Kirby's support, of course, if I would be interested in announcing, ring announcing rather, the high profile female matches because he wants to showcase strength, the strength of women's wrestling and not just in the ring, but also on the mic, which of course made my little heart flutter. I was like, wow, that's phenomenal. So anytime we have like a main, a main event-ish style match or like a belt decider or something like that, then I'm the voice that you'll hear as a ring announcer for the for the women's matches, which then kind of turned into, um, you know, we flash forward to Friday Night Lights, which was one of the first shows, again, since the pandemic started. And our lead commentator, Rich Bettini, couldn't make it because he lived in Florida. So he had texted me the night before and said, hey, just so you know, you might have to step up and do commentary. I think you're going to do great at it. I thought he was crazy. I was like, there's no way. I've never done it, you know, but I'll, I'll do it if you need me to. Whatever you guys need me to, I'll do 
And he's like, well, you've done it for over a decade with roller derby. Why not translate those skills to your love of wrestling? Just do color, have a good time and be the Val Capone that everybody, you know, knows in wrestling. I was like, okay, cool. And so that kind of blossomed into I'm now a commentator, which is awesome. So I joined to bring it full circle. I joined uh, the voice of AAW ring announcing Jimmy D he is the lead commentator for Zello Pro. So Zello Pro brought me in, and now he and I are joint commentators together for Zello, which is so cool. And then whenever there's, again, a high-profile women's match, um, I'm the voice that you'll hear both as a ring announcer, and then I run across the football field, and I hop on commentary with either Nick Houseman or, or Rich. So that is kind of how it all started. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's funny, like, we'll mention kind of freelance specifically because, like, Nick is wonderful at doing that. Like, hey, I really like yeah. you. I want you to be involved with my company in some way, shape, or form. Um, so whether it's, like, hey, I have this, you can do this now, or kind of just, like, eh, you know what, just stick around and, and we'll figure something out for you. And, like, I freelance, again, freelance to me, it's, like, I, I I love freelance. I love I yeah. love independent wrestling, but freelance specifically for so many things. If not for again the most the most obvious one being like if I would have told twelve year old me like hey check it out you're gonna have a friend who owns a wrestling promotion he would have been like shut the fuck up that's the craziest thing in the world yeah and the cool, absolutely the cool, same <laughs> and the coolest thing about Nick is you know he's very well known for surrounding himself with really good people I mean it's kind of like a running theme on our show that anyone that you know, Nick tells us, hey, this this person's good people. He's never been wrong. Never. And, like, to his credit, like, he's also, again, one of the most wonderful people. Like, I, I yeah. talk about, through working with, again, through working with Pro Wrestling Tees, like, I think, you know, aside from the mountains of cash that I've made and the, all the wonderful wrestlers that I've met, it's the people that I've met that, to me, is what I will take with me the most. You know, if, if, all this comes down tomorrow and you know pro wrestling teases no more the one thing will be like the friendships that i've made because yeah. even right before we started recording um jimmy you know he was like man uh, he's like you guys have such like a wonderful relationship everyone here just gets along and for the most part it's true like even if you know at least from my point of view like if there's people that don't get along it's you know it's not like you know, it's, it's not, not like, cats and dogs. Here. It's not cats right. and dogs. You know, yeah. we're, we're all adults, no, but we might not all be best friends, but we are family and we respect and love each other. Even if we don't always like each other. Yeah. Is, exactly. is that kind yeah. of the vibe? Exactly. But the majority of us actually genuinely like each other. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. And I mean, especially if we're all busting each other's chops, that means we love you the most. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Shout Although, out, wait, shout out stupid Michael. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stupid Michael. Much love. Thank yeah. you for the lady Gaga Oreos. Those are my favorite. Um, but Snake, you've been nothing but nice to me from day one. Does that mean you don't love me? <laughs> no. I, you, first of all, let me just say, I love you to pieces. Uh, oh, thanks. And, and I'll just tell you, the first time I saw you at the shop, I was like, who is that tall, statuesque, beautiful woman just walking around? And they're like, that's Val Capone. I was like, her name is Val Capone? That is like the <laughs> coolest, most Chicago name ever. So right off the bat, oh. you know, you got you got bonus points from me, so. And well, Thank see, you, also like, with me, kind of like bringing it back, like I remember, so like, I, again, you know, like, hey, you have a friend who owns a wrestling company. I'm like, that's fucking, that's fucked up. That's yeah. fucking awesome. And then yeah. like, I would have leaned in closer and been like, hey, and guess what? He's going to let you wrestle a match and oh. and he's going to let you win it. <laughs> yeah. 
insane. And that to me, and like, you know, you mentioned like, oh, you know, you, you going to just, hey, do you want to do wrestling commentating? You're like, sure. I That a thousand percent had to be nerve wracking. And for me, again, being like, that was a packed show. I'm talking, of course, the, the freelance, you know, Halloween Battle Royale. It's, oh, it's, uh, I don't I don't know if you took a rough bump, but I was technically one of your tag partners, if you recall. Yeah, no, yeah. And, was, and, and, uh, that, and that's why, like, you know, one of those things I think made it easier for me, again, because absolutely. was that you were there because it was one nerve-wracking being in that costume that I was in because it just it, I wasn't very mobile on top of, like, once you're there in the ring and it's just, like, even though it was maybe, like, you know, four or five hundred you know it's a freelance show so probably you know yeah seven hundred people to seven thousand to me it, it, it might as well have been seven million people like it just it became yeah. you know wrestlemania to me and it like i was like genuinely nervous but one of the things was like that you were there it just you know like being in the presence of like one of your friends just makes it that much more easier and i'm happy that you know that, like that is a moment that you and i got to share because yeah. again, it's just like it's one of those things where it's just like, what is my life? This yeah. is such a, a very strange thing. But like freelance, you know, specifically, you mentioned like it's it's Dave and I talk all the time where you have a lot of independent wrestling companies that, for the most part, are, are kind of the same. You know, like yeah. some, yeah. they're interchangeable for the most part but like i feel like with freelance specifically like nick kind of takes more of a chance you know as far as with his wrestlers and what he's putting on like you know they had kylie ray as their world champion and it wasn't like it wasn't a gimmick it wasn't a thing it was just like everyone kind of just accepted it like yeah Yeah, that's that's a thing you know like it wasn't uh oh check it out it's the the man versus woman it's just like oh no hey these are the matches we're putting on and like again the freelance audience was like fuck yeah like let's do it and so i think you very much like it makes sense that you're involved with freelance at the level that you are because like it it's almost like hey can we tailor make a wrestling promotion that'll cater to val (laughs) like specifically just to her and there was just like and matt loves malort so (laughs) (laughs) it works so great Can, can i just say you guys talking about freelance again makes me miss it that much more i mean mm-hmm. like you know we would go every week and then for my daughter once a month i'd say you can come with and like to have a girl that young be so excited about indie wrestling you know yeah. to her it's like you know you always see in movies people go to like those underground clubs and they got to knock on a metal door and they think oh do you have the password you, to her that's what it felt like and because right. free, freelance is so punk rock and so cool and everyone in there practically knows each other mm-hmm. and it's nothing but love in there like i miss freelance fridays so see much. i'll say my favorite thing is people confusing me for nick because <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 me too see, I remember, we both look purple <laughs> well the first time it happened with me i remember it was just like everyone was coming up to me and shaking my hand and asking me how i was and i was like man nick i was like everybody is so nice here and then like we both had like the same haircut at that point and i was just like oh i was like they all think that i'm you and again not that like you know everyone there is just generally nice anyway very much in the same way like that you know pro wrestling teases where like we all get along and you know we bust each other's chops but like how exciting for you though that you're down there you know we're recording this you know the the week uh the week the thursday right before you know all the the wrestlemania festivities and stuff happen because um 
again, like you were normally always down there, you know, you, if, if it was like WrestleMania weekend, you were typically there. So, you know, my full-time gig, as I said, is I'm a beer vendor at Wrigley, but, uh, the other thing that I do is of course, you know, uh, I started out actually because of Matt Nix. Um, I started out as like the seasonal Black Friday sale, then, um, jumping on whenever crates needed additional help. And then, you know, I did that for two years. And then last year, um, I want to say it was my third Black Friday that I did. But, you know, it was around June that uh, Frank and Ryan reached out to me because they're both angels. Don't let that get you, Frank. Frank Spahik? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Frank Spahik and Ryan Barkin reached out and said, hey, uh, you're not working Cubs because of all this situation do you want to come on board and you'll just be full-time heat press and you can be our shop girl if you want, you know, like I'm the dude in the shop whenever I'm there and people come in, I assist them and I love it. And, uh, you know, it's because of Nick that I got in. It's because of Frank and Ryan that I was honestly able to even work at all this entire last year. So it's been about, I mean, technically, I guess I've been with pro wrestling tees for three years, technically ish. I'm the full-time fill in basically. And now I've been more full-time than not, but um, they also supported me in this endeavor that I'm doing out on the West Coast now, which is I'm working on the vaccination sites out in California. Um, So I'm helping get the country back to going, hopefully. But then I was able to come to WrestleMania weekend, even though normally I would attend as a fan um, because I love all wrestling and um, I really love Royal Rumbles, my favorite WWE pay-per-view that they run on the regular but the best show i've ever been to of all time of course evolution um where i was front front row wearing a freelance pride shirt of course um but like because of them i was able to go out to california and do this very important job to help get our country back to good health again and then i'll be back soon to work the shop again at um pro wrestling tees super stoked but um, you know, my shoot job is like I'm a beer vendor at Wrigley, and I do festival management. So that's how come I went out West Coast. But now I'm here for the week, and I get to work with Effie and Alley Cat, and I'm so stoked. It's great to work with Brett Lauderdale from GCW. He's a good dude, and you know, I'm just really excited that they gave me this opportunity that I don't know if I would have had it if it wasn't for people like Matt Nix believing in me and you know, like support of the two of you and all the people of the PWT family. Like, I don't know that I would be here right now, <laughs> you know, like it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I mean, me, I so. mean, listen, if it's not for Matt Nick saying, Hey, yeah, you guys should do a podcast. Yeah. Here's some recording equipment. God, yeah. knows, God knows if Dave and I ever would have like, I mean, that's a real running theme. It's like, he, he's kind of like, he plants the seeds for a lot of things. And, you know, a lot of times I don't think he gets the credit he deserves, but you know, we're doing our part to, Listen, as much as much as I say I'm gonna get a freelance wrestling tattoo, I'm probably just gonna get a Matt Nix tattoo. You know, <laughs> shout out Matt well, Nix. But uh, you, you know, know. With, with you being down in Florida right now, how how bummed out are you that you can't go to Disney? Because or I don't know if you have gone to Disney, um, but I know again, like if there's one thing you know, if it's Val, <laughs> top three things she loves, you know, Malort wrestling and Disney, and Disney you, you know? know, like I I've lived vicariously, you know, for the whole from. The time I've known you, I've lived vicariously through you for every Disney trip that you go to because um, I'm much more of a Universal Studios man myself. I've also just not gone to Disney, so I might go to Disney and then, you know, that'll be my thing. But like, how you'll, to- get, you'll get hooked. 
beware. It's it's the best drug I've ever taken. Well, <laughs> they, Disney is my drug. <laughs> well, they, didn't they just open at one of the parks? Opened up like the Avengers Academy or something like that. And I'm just oh, like, yeah, yeah. Pretty soon, I'm Avengers uh, Campus. <clears throat> excuse me, Avengers Campus is going to be opening up at DCA for us nerds. Uh, Disney California Adventure, which is the second gate at Disneyland, which is the original Disney park uh, located in Anaheim, California. And um, they are currently running an event called Touch of Disney. I went on April 1st. I don't know if you want to guess how many times I cried, but I definitely got mileage out of my waterproof <laughs> mascara. And um, the fans that I'll be using in the ring this week or in the ring for Allie's show and while I'm on commentating uh, for Effie's show, I bought at the Touch of Disney. They're very awesome, vibrant, colorful Disney fans. So it, it'll be great. But it was just more of a food and uh, drinking event. None of the rides are open yet. Uh, but it was just really exciting to be back in the park. Now, of course, I'm so close to second home is what I like to call it because I spend so much time in Florida. And I go to um, – normally I'd be going to full sale quite a bit to go see NXT tape live. But obviously with the current situation of the world, I haven't been traveling until I got vaccinated out in California with the gig that I was on. So – um, I might, might fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything crossed, carrying cross, everything. Um, hoping that I'll be at, um, Epcot on Monday. So definitely waterproof mascara ready for it because I'm going to be doing a little sobbing once I get to the Mexico pavilion and I have myself a mezcal margarita, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a good time. I love it. I love it. And I cannot wait for the adventures canvas. I wish that it was also in Florida, but due to the contract that, Disney has with Universal, which I love Universal too, don't get me wrong. I go quite a bit. And before the pandemic started, I was about to get myself an annual pass for Universal as well. Because with my, you know, job of beer vending, I'm only guaranteed work whenever the Cubs are at home or if there's concerts at Wrigley, which is why I could do Cubs and Pro Wrestling Tees at the same time, because I can kind of alternate my weeks. And if it's a night game, I could work during the day at the shop, you know? And so I spend a lot of time in Florida because I have every other week off all summer long, you know, and I have all November, December, January off and then part of February before I go out to spring training. So I spend a lot of time in Florida. It's and it is I was going to I'm sorry, go ahead. You know what I, say? I was like, I was like, it's awesome to me. This like, uh, like rock star lifestyle that you almost live, you know, where it's like a real jet setter. <laughs> Yeah, where it's and I from what I've heard because I I haven't been to like the theme parks during those months, but like from what I hear is like those are the months to go because like people don't you know it's typically like the holidays and people go you know spend time with their family. Like I don't do shit for Thanksgiving, so I would love nothing more than to like go to you know Universal. I would go on the Mummy ride until my little heart says, "All right, we've had enough, Brendan Fraser for the day." Um, that's impossible. You exactly. would say, let's go again. <laughs> exactly. That is impossible. Although I do remember there was the, what there was, it's funny. It's uh it was the same weekend. Uh, so we, uh, it's, we'll announce it, but cause you know, next week's episode is going to be we're featuring Eric Bischoff. And so when we were talking with him. I brought up a story of, it was, uh, me, it was me, Nick, Craig, Mitchell and Castro. And he, he guides us to access, but that same weekend, um, me nick and castro went to universal studios and this was before castro even worked with us but my cousin she worked there at the time which is the best because she would get us she would get me free tickets um 
she got she got me two like back-to-back park passes but it was just for that one day and so and we didn't think castro was going to come with us we're like let's just we'll just buy a third i'll split it so we can all go i was exhausted i did not i'd only slept maybe four hours before and i thought like oh maybe we'll have some downtime when we're like at the um at the hotel and of course no i didn't sleep at all i was like no i'll be good so we're at universal studios and we do one side of the park which was um whatever side has the mummy right first and then we head over to the other side which has like the marvel part and jurassic park and stuff so the uh universal studios is the side with the mummy side and then islands of adventure is the side with like hogwarts and uh jurassic park which jurassic park is my favorite book not a big fan of the movie but that's definitely my favorite book and um michael creighton forever but um yeah so the mummy is on the original park um yeah, so so then by the time we get to Island of Adventures, your boy Scrump is not. I am. You were pooped. Oh my god! Like I remember, we do we do Hogwarts because we were yeah. So we do Hogwarts, and then we're kind of making our way through Jurassic Park, and then over to Marvel. So I remember by the time we get to the Jurassic Park part of the land, I am I am out of it. Like I remember these guys are like, <laughs> oh, we're, we're, let's get some food. Like we're kind of hungry, and I'm like, oh, you know, what? I'm not that hungry right now. I'm like, but you guys get your food. I'm like, I'm gonna go sit over there and just rest my head real quick. So I remember going over to one of the tables, I lay my head down, and it was one of those, like, lay your head down, and then, like, you close your eyes, you open them, and I just see Nick and Casho sitting in front of me, and I'm like, oh, did you guys not get your food yet? And they're like, we've been sitting here for, like, half an hour. Like, you have been asleep for quite a while now, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. And then, like, I remember they're like, you can, like, did you want to head out? I'm like, no, 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 like, it's cool, let's just, let's keep going, let's keep going. And we're in line for the Spider-Man ride. And I, I am crashing. Like, I cannot. I am dying. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, we're even on the ride. And there's, like, a one part where, like, they splash you with water. And I was right. hoping that would wake me up. Did not. Like, I remember we get off of that, and I'm just like, you guys, I'm going to go home. I was like, I need to go home and sleep. And Aww. they continued at the park. But I just remember that was, like, one of those things where I'm like, because I typically don't get tired, like, at amusement parks. Like, specifically, again, like, Universal Studios, which is why, like, I want to go to Disney. Also, like, they have Star Wars Land. Yeah. Like. Okay. So, it's actually called Galaxy's Edge. And um, <laughs> I. She's like, correction. Correction, <laughs> <laughs> sir. It is Galaxy's Edge. Thank you very much. And um, as soon as they reopened Disney World, which I want to say was in July. I know that they closed March 5th and then they open again in July. I didn't feel comfortable going because I am a high-risk individual. Um, so until I got vaccinated, I didn't really care to travel much or go to theme parks, that's for sure. Even though I know Disney is, you know, the Disney World is the most magical place on Earth, Disneyland, the happiest place on Earth. And they're both like two of the most safe places that you can go and they're sanitary and they're clean and there's med- medical staff there and they're amazing. I still don't want to do it. But um you know, it's, it's like, it's a workout. It's, it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And, uh, because I was a pass hole is what I like to call myself. I was an annual pass holder. Um, <laughs> so I would, that's why also I would fly down all the time because I'd find cheap airfare out of Midway Southwest for life. And, um, you know, it would basically quote unquote cost me nothing. I went the entirety of January, 2019, except for like eight, I think eight days I was in Chicago to Disney. And so it, the pass that I had bought myself for my birthday on January 2nd had already paid for itself by the time I saw you guys on the Jared cruise, 
if you recall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were dual yeah. vacationing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I went and like basically lived at Disney World for the month. And then I met y'all on the Jarrett cruise with my bestie, Vinnie Mack. Uh, Vince and I went together. And then when we got off the Jarrett cruise, I went back to Disney for like a week. And then I met a friend on a Disney cruise because I just didn't have enough. And, and then I went back to Disney, back to Chicago worked spring training, went to Disneyland, boom, pandemic shut everything down. And then I came back to Chicago. One of my favorite, so, one of my favorite memories of the Jericho cruises. Um, I, at one point, everyone went down to somewhere, I think to the casino. Yeah. Everyone was down at the casino and I was, I don't know what, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I was probably taking a nap or something. And I'm like, I'll meet you guys down there. So I'm walking, I take like the elevators and I'm walking through it. There's like a, like a little bar section and I'm walking and I just feel someone wrapped their arms around me and give me a giant kiss on the, on my cheek and it's just val and she's just like i'm so happy that i'm so happy that you're here with me scrum because uh val was having a great time uh <laughs> well that, that's just like one of those random things where i was just like oh i was like i love you too val and then i remember like i think like walking away like we're in the group and it, you were part of that group at some point so then everyone's like where's val's like Val's over there just having the time of her living life. It up. Yeah, I'm like, she is yeah, she is living it up over there with her friends. Well, it wasn't my fault. It was wrestling and also probably a lot of truly, but it was wrestling and I was on a boat. I mean, what's not to love? I and think, did you have one of those like unlimited drink passes too? I don't know what you're talking about, sir. That's all hearsay. <laughs> It was truly outrageous, as they say. There was one point where I had like double fisting and then friends brought me some. So I was double, double fisting because since I'm a professional uh, beer vendor, I'm a unionized beer vendor. So I know how to serve drinks like nobody. I mean, it's amazing. And so I was holding four cans of Truly at one time and never spilling a drop until they were spilled down my throat. So I don't really remember this interaction, but I'm thrilled that it made your day and made the group chat. And I'm sure it was embarrassing. And I do apologize. Except for, you know what? No, I don't. I was, as they say, living my best life. So, you know, and actually I made one of my best friends of the last year. Um, her name is Amy and her husband, Marcel. They both work for Disney. And I was standing in line and I saw this British bulldog um, color. What is what is the jackets? Um Union Jack? Yeah, the Union Jack, but no, not the Union Jack chalk flag. Line. I know that. But yeah, chalk line. Thank you. Oof, too many hits to the head in 15 <laughs> years of roller derby. But so I saw these two bulldog chalk line jackets, and obviously I'm like, oh, man, those are so cool. And then I look, and the girl, I just saw her from behind. She had mouse get ears on. So I was like, I say to my one of my besties, Vinny, I was like, Vince, I'm pretty sure that girl's my new best friend. And then she, like, turns around. And she, they are custom made AEW ears. I remember those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're very, very, very cool. I mean, hang on one second. I ended up fighting her style, but I got her approval. And I got a pair made. Can you, you guys can see it on footage. But this one is, I pulled it out because I have another thing I'm going to pop in there. But we got these custom made AEW mouse ears. Like, what? And I was right. I straight up went up to her and I go, I'm sorry. To, I'm so sorry to bother you. Um, but I'm pretty sure that we're going to be new best friends. Also, uh, where did you get those? And do you mind if I buy a pair? And she was like the cutest, sweetest from Liverpool, best accent you've ever heard. And she was like, no, nah, love, of course, here's the info. And then we kept running into each other throughout the cruise, of course. 
and her husband Marcel was awesome. Her brother R. Rick was there, and like it was just great. And then there was like a bunch of Chicagoans that were on the ship, like Kevin and Kelly. They were so great. And uh, my friend Will is the like primary photographer for uh, Six Man, so I got to see him a bunch. And it was just such a great experience. And then to get to be there with the boys from PWT and get to be like one of the dudes, like it was a good feeling because I was just like, hey, I'm this random person that shows up and works Black Friday sale and crates, but everybody like totally welcomed me. And I felt like really at home on that cruise with the PWT crew. So thanks for that, you dudes, but. Well, I'll say like, first of all, we don't know if we're gonna be able to go on this third Jericho cruise. You know, the world situation notwithstanding right. but like some of my favorite parts on the boat aren't actually like the rock and roll or the wrestling shows like i'll be honest a lot of those times i was napping <laughs> um <laughs> but my favorite parts were going to restaurants with everyone from pwt and just right. you know we would go to the teppanyaki place or the you know that irish pub that they had yeah. or the steakhouse or the italian place and we would just sit there as like a big family and it was like uh it was like a last supper picture you know we're all just yeah. sitting around riot and we're just yucking it up having a good time i i really miss doing that on the boat what's like those moments or the random moments of just like it's two in the morning let's just walk around the boat yeah like you know i've taken six naps i can't go to sleep like let's just walk around <laughs> or even you know or even during the day like yeah. just like walking around because again yeah like the wrestling is fun and stuff but i i, I think there is something to that like and again like you mentioned it, it's just those like smaller intimate moments mm-hmm. that like again i i th- I, I know uh adam page and kenny won the belts because i lifted hangman into the crowd and while well, he crowd surfed and stuff you know yeah. yeah but that's i also cool. you know which that's cool but like aside from that i do remember just like us going to like all these like food places and stuff and we're, we're staying up late and prank calling every room on the boat oh yeah that's what dave and i were we're big on that we were we we're prank calling people yeah. on the boat i just I just like the random moments like I was walking with one of my friends, uh, Kelly, and like we had, I don't know, I don't even know where we were going. I think we were like leaving some area and trying to go to the restroom or whatever. And so we like get in the elevator and then there's like DDP in the elevator. And, you know, it was just I didn't expect it, but he was so nice and he like had a carafe of wine and it was just like he was so nice and so chill and he didn't mind, you know. We were just like, hey, do you mind if we take a Lady Mark photo with you? And he's like, Lady Mark, I like that. I was like, well, I mean, you know, I don't understand this business about if you're in the business, you can't enjoy the business, but I personally dig the business. And he was like, Lady Mark it is. And he was so cool. And it's just like nice, you know, to see that the people that you respect as athletes, performers are also good people too. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have to take the time to talk to us. He could have been like, no, shove off, get out of the elevator. But instead he was like, are you two having fun? Are you making sure you're drinking water? Are you wearing sunblock and you know, stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, DDP is like dad, dad pee. How nice. But, and then like seeing uh, Luchasaurus getting ice cream with no shoes on, like on the, on the deck where you could be like outside and chilling. It was just so cute. I was like, that's so sweet. He's just rocking that ice cream machine yeah, and yeah. like walking around barefoot. He was so cute. Yeah. Everyone on the boat was really nice except for that son of a bitch MJF. <laughs> He was just healing on everyone the entire time. It was awesome. Was he? Oh, oh yeah, he was a real jag off, but yeah. I would expect nothing left. Yeah, I remember. It's funny you mentioned. Like I remember on the first, on the first Jericho cruise, um, Frank. It was like Frank and I. I forgot where where it was that we were going, but 
Uh, Wait, Frank Spahek, right? We're not talking about a Frank the Clown. No, please, no, 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 not Frank the Clown. Frank Spahek. Not uh, on my show. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> it's uh, it, it. What do you call it? We're, we're, I don't know. We're waiting for like the elevator, and I remember it opens up, and it's all the elite boys, all of them. You know, Kenny, everyone. And we're just like, oh, hey. And they're just like, and they're like, oh, come on, get on. And we're just like, no, no, no. We're like, it's okay. You guys take this. Um, you know, take it. Go ahead. Like, we're going to, we're just going to wait for the next one. And Cody's like, no, you guys are family. You guys have to get on this right now. Mind you, it's like already packed. Like, poor Dana is like up in front because, you know, she's the smallest one of. There's a bunch of beefy boys in yeah, there. Yeah, a bunch of beefy boys in there. Right. And we're just right. like, we're like, no, 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 really. And then uh, Cody's just like, God, he goes, God damn it. Because he calls uh, Frank Giant. He's like, God damn it, Giant. He goes, if you guys don't get in here right now. And we're just like, all right, all right. And, but it's, you know, it's very much like that. Like, you just have like random encounters like that. And I think that's, you know, like, again, if, if this third Jericho cruise ever happens, which, I mean, knowing maybe not this year but maybe yeah, knowing how resilient you know chris jericho is it, it will happen in some shape or way shape or form but like right you guys should listen if anyone's listening definitely go because uh this is quite the experience um don't, don't try and jump <laughs> off your balcony though because yeah. we will save oh. you yeah you know, <laughs> yes. dave and I, yeah dave and i have a fun story if, if you go back into the archives and listen to the jericho cruise episode you'll hear all about that because that was I remember that episode and I was like floored to hear that experience happen. But yeah, yeah, it, is, it was intense. <laughs> it's definitely quite the story. Um, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be the PWT cast without us getting a little bit nerdy. I mean, aside from the wrestling talk, but like, I, again, I mentioned if, if there's one thing that, you know, you're, if it's the top three, you know, wrestling, Malore, Disney sneaking in right there at number four would be like star Wars. Like what point? So, is I mean, it's, I'm sorry, it's, it's like, it's hard for me to say, because I, I guess, I like, since I'm all about the high five, well, pre-pandemic, of course, sanitized high fives, air high fives. Like, I feel like wrestling, Malort, Disney, Star Wars, and just Chicago in general. Mm-hmm. Chicago in general. Oh, we're going to get into some good Chicago talk, too. Don't worry. Yes, 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 yes. Because that encompasses, like, the music scene, the food scene, the sports scene, but okay. So yeah, Star Wars talk. Let's have some Star Wars talk because I'm in. Yeah, like what like what point does Star Wars come into you? Because like, I I imagine the films came out like when, when you know when you were a little Val, right? Yeah, when I was a little Val Fonts. Um, I was too young for the release of A New Hope, which is my favorite. BT dubs. So when Star Wars originally released, I was not on the planet yet. Um, the one that I remember seeing first was. Um, Empire Strikes Back at a drive-in theater in the suburbs with my little Jewish grandparents. And then I distinctly remember like having my Wicket Ewok and like seeing Return of the Jedi, even though I was basically a toddler. Um, But I remember my grandma, Alice, she would always get so upset. You can't wear your Fundaroos to school because I would try (laughs) to wear my Princess Leia Hoth system Fundaroos. Like, I don't know. Stank, do you remember those? I don't know, Scrump, if you would, because they weren't really like a thing I, when you were a kid. I, I do remember. I didn't have them, but uh, uh-huh. I do remember them. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. Again, I, I, didn't, I didn't have them myself, but I'm, I'm familiar with. I wish they made adult yeah. ones for larger. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, like a little undershirt tank toppy thing and a pair of like briefs. So here's me trying to go out in Chicago winter wearing Princess Leia Funderoos and roller skates. And my grandma was just like, what are you doing to yourself? You know what I mean? But so yeah, I've loved Star Wars since I was a wee little lass. And um, 
I actually have two Star Wars tattoos with my hetero life mate, my best friend. We have the matching uh, Rebellion and Imperial logos on our shoulders. So, like, it's kind of like our devil and our angel. It's kind of like our conscience. It's a reminder that you should always have balance in your life as there should be balance in the force because too much good and bad things could happen. Too much bad and you really need good things to happen. So, like, a little bit of both keeps it even keel. You know what I mean? Yeah, which I think is, like, one of the charms of, like, the the newer movies that have come out because they, like, they really touch on that where it's, like, even, like, like, let's take Mandalorian, for instance, you know, like, um, Mm like you're introduced to, i've one thing i really like specifically they did was like um like bill burr you know like he's a defected like a stormtrooper yeah. or whatever or not it's not stormtrooper but he he was you know he was working with the bad with the yeah. bad guys and you hear like this guy's for all intents and purposes like an asshole you know you should hate him he, you know he's he's on the wrong side of history he's on the wrong side of history but you hear you hear it from his perspective you hear how it's like oh yeah like much like in the real world there are some of these people who are just doing this because they either don't know any better or they don't just have to they do yeah they have to and it's like or they feel like they have to they feel like they're trapped they feel right. like they don't have any other options mm-hmm. and so you know I mean, he has some redeemable qualities as well. You know, everybody has some redeemable qualities. Yeah, well, pretty much. Everybody. Well, and there's also Every- something to be said about uh, a redemptive journey. You know, like a lot of Absolutely. times, especially like in social media today, someone makes a mistake and then they're never, you know, and you can't account for personal growth. And so that was that was beautiful about Bill Burr's character that you could see right. he, he was experiencing growth and, you know, entertaining new ideas. Yeah, no. Right. It, it, again, it's like even with with Star Wars where it's, like there's there's so there's so much to tell mm-hmm. you know like it's always crazy to me that like if there was like i remember there was like a meme where it's like i remember posting it was like a dr manhattan meme where he's like it is you know it, whatever the release date of uh you know um return of the jedi is it's like it is this date and i'm watching the final star wars movie and then it's like the release date of the episode three and it's like it is this day i'm watching the last star wars movie and then you know the release of uh the last one it's like oh it is this day and i'm and like that star wars just has so, like such a rich history and like i again i i grew up on episodes one two three so those are i actually i don't know, i mentioned it a million times i always talk about it uh space balls was the first star wars anything that i watched which is i love that that like anytime i hear you say that it it tickles my soul because like that movie is exceptional brilliance on every level like the acting the performances the terrible puns the the merchandising like it's just perfect (laughs) like i love everything about it so and and then i wind up watching you know like a new hope and i was just like this isn't fun at all like what like what a, what a rip-off. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? What what boring thing? And then it's just like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But, like, again, I was a kid when episodes, like, one, two, three came out. So, like, those are mine. And, like, I'm sure there's, you know, kids who are born after me where they're just like, no, you know, uh, seven, eight, and nine, that's where it's at. And that's just, like, this one awesome. Like, I, like, personally, I, I always say, like, Rogue One, to me, is one of my favorites. If I mean like oh. I you know shout oh. shout out Felicity Jones I I am in love with her I will watch anything that she's in, but if anything, I, uh, for that Vader scene at the end where it is just, oh. it is a straight up just horror movie where they're just like, you know they had to have been in that they had to have been in that pitch meeting like all right you know then we do this and that and then you know the last 
two minutes of the movie are a straight up horror film where we have Vader massacre everybody and you know and they're just like yeah do that like I remember watching it for the first time uh, to this day because I remember Frank gave me shit because I was like Frank I was like can I leave work early because if I don't go see the midnight show then the next show is at two and then I gotta be at work at nine and he was just like yeah that's fine go ahead go ahead leave early to go watch a star wars um but i remember like being in that auditorium and just you know like I mean, spoiler alert the fuck they you know they blow up the planet you know it's uh i what i scarif gets blown up and i'm just like oh fuck what a bummer but then you have like, like that vader scene and i'm just like what the fuck? i have never i have never been able to watch that movie and i saw it six times in the theater yep six times I have never watched that movie without sobbing at the end because, uh, like, between the emotional roller coaster of just the entire buildup of the whole film and watching Scarif just being obliterated, like a part of my soul dies, and then watching like the terrifying force that is Darth Vader, like, I mean, it's like that movie gets me in such a way I cannot describe it. It's probably my second favorite Star Wars film. Um. Well, you really said, close to being first. I'm telling you, I'm I'm excited for all the, like this new Star Wars stuff. They I know that they they're just now starting on uh, filming this Obi Wan show, and I'm like, yes, I'm like, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm like, give us, I'm like, give us some more of that Vader because Hayden Christensen is coming back as Vader. So I'm like, give us some fucking some more of that sociopathic Vader, just you know, going through that hallway. Um, but just sort of as, like as we wind down here again, I, another thing that that. I love about you is you know we mentioned is like how authentically Chicago you are, like <laughs> I, I am I am someone who like I was born and raised in the city too you know I was born up here on, on the north side, and a lot of times I meet people and they're like yeah 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 oh same thing born and raised in Chicago and I'm like oh cool where from and they're like yeah like Buffalo Grove and I'm like fuck you Eric Zisselman that's, that's not Chicago <laughs> you know like uh oh i love i love this yeah no, I, but you know it's like a lot of that or like people will be like oh yeah yeah like i was in Sh- I, I went on vacation show i'm like oh cool where'd you stay like schomburg and i'm like oh, okay and where'd you go and you know it's just like it, it's i think like again for me and you different because like we actually like grew up in the city and like i am such a whore for chicago history you know, like Sarah, like Sarah Shockey, she's put me onto so much. Like, there's like a bunch of like PBS shows and documentaries on just like Chicago history. Or even here at the shop, we have you know Fred, who the guys lived here. Same thing, seventy years since the Chicago yeah. fire. Since the Chicago fire, basically. <laughs> and so the Great Chicago Fire yeah. of 1871 on October the 8th. Yeah, there you go. So he has so much like rich history, but it's also you as well. And then like I remember, so there was I, I you and I, I mentioned we both went to Lakeview High School, and I remember there was. There was always the story of uh, the the what is it the uh, the fifth floor that every that you could see from the outside, but, <laughs> but nobody could ever access. It was like a myth, you know. It was just like and right. you, you could clear, and you could clearly see like where the stairs were that were clearly like ripped out of the wall and stuff. So it was always like a myth. Oh. And I remember I was like, well, you know, word around school was that it was because uh, some gangbangers threw another gangbanger out of the window and i remember that was just like a thing forever you know where i was just like yeah that's no, right. it was. 
but then i remember like again that in my head i was like well that's probably just a story that was like passed on and then i remember like mentioning it once oh because because Jeanette, another one of our co-workers she also went to lakeview so i remember it was a conversation with her and i just having you know talking about this and then you were like i know that guy they got thrown out that window or something like that and i was yeah. just like what i was like that really happened because like in high school how many stories are like right you know well okay so in the 90s like lakeview was not the neighborhood it is now it was very very different it was uh there was a lot of gangbangers and stuff and it was like very it was less starbucks and more old school bungalow not bungalows per se but like uh you know two flats and three flats and like the old school chicago like apartment buildings that were just the whole family lived there. And don't get me wrong, I love me some uh, venti cold brew or venti unsweetened ice black. Like that's my, my soul, I get it. But I mean, Lakeview was very, very different. It was more working class in every color of the rainbow, every ethnicity, every gender, every, nobody cared if you were gay, straight or bi, nobody cared. Everybody was like, cool, we're all neighbors, who cares? And then it started getting hella gentrified in like the late 90s, I would say. I mean, in the, and, in the last 10 years since I've graduated, I drove by there the other day and I was like, wow, this, there used to be, you know, it's like I was here for four years and I was like, wow, this will always look the same and it'll never change. And yeah, more Starbucks, as you uh, mentioned. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, I love the one on the corner of the block that I live at because I can mobile order while I get ready and put my roller skates on and then like walk there, pick up my iced coffee and skate to work. Or I skate to work and then pick up my iced coffee and walk over the bridge at work, you know? But um, so in fairness, I do want to always clarify because even though I'm 100% Chicago, I my parents were split. So I spent half the year in the burbs and half the year in the city. So I went to two elementary, two junior high and two high school but I ended up graduating from Lakeview and my senior year, like I only had to go for half the year because I had so many credits and I was in all the AP classes and, you know, I used to be super, super smart. And then all these concussions, now I'm just kind of a smart ass, but like my senior year, there was a, there was a whole crew that started. They would run like the Adidas crew and the Nike crew and you would wear all Adidas or you would wear all Nike and they would flash what looked like an A and what looked like the Nike swoosh logo. And so this dude who was like the class clown or whatever, or I guess, I don't know if this is like the real thing, but like he started the Reebok crew and they didn't like it. So they took him and threw him out the fifth floor. It used to be part of the band room. They threw him out of that window and he never walked again. And that was uh, Lakeview High School. (laughs) Didn't they also move the entrance from the from Ashland Avenue to the back of the school because of uh, drive bys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I went from like, you know, because my dad was on tour a lot. So when when it was like the early 90s, I would live with my mom in the burbs. And uh, so I went to suburban high school for the first part. And so like the biggest problem there was like smoking in the walking area. Whoa. And then I went. (laughs) the city high school where like i'm on my very first day i was frisked i had um i had to go through metal detectors and on after the metal detectors i was wanted to doubly check and then there were police dogs and i was like wow this is really different but uh okay this yeah. is my neighborhood i'm, and, and I'm also if, used to it. and then if you wear a reebok you get thrown out the window <laughs> right so oh no i used to wear like green doc martens and they would call me a skinhead and i was like i'm jewish like <laughs> what See, it's it's funny because for me, like my freshman year, like so, I I start I graduate two thousand eleven, so I start two thousand seven, two thousand eight. 
that first year that I (laughs) yeah (laughs) that first year that I'm there was like the last bit of because I mean same thing even with us where it was like I I remember me and uh, you know Ivan Elisa's fiance you know my best friend Ivan this was Mm -hmm. like now it's like a whole lottery system where you have like you have to be fucking top to to get into Lakeview this was this was how this was how easy it was for me and Ivan to get into Lakeview it was we we didn't get into lane tech which was like our first choice and then our you know we don't have money to go to any of these other like private schools and everything else was kind of far away we didn't want to go to Scherz or roosevelt so it was well you're either going to sen or lakeview and we we're like well we really want to go to lakeview because of like the 80 kids that i graduated with 70 of them all went to lakeview so we're like well it's just easier so my mom drives me and Ivan up to Lakeview, and she's just like, hey, this is my son and his friend. They want to go here. They're, All right, here, fill out these forms. That easy, <laughs> the, the simplest thing. But again, growing up, it was like one of those things where it was just like, yeah, like Lakeview. Ugh. And again, that first year was like, was like the last bit of like, you know, those those ruffians and, and stuff like that. Well, and the ragamuffins. And it, it, yeah and then it, it totally changed like after that like it was fine because again like I, I knew people who were just like ooh, like lakeview huh and i'm like no but it is always funny again when like speaking with people like who went to the suburbs who they're just like yeah man like wasn't it wasn't it great like on tuesdays when you know like the pizza hut would have like stuffed gross pizza instead of regular and i'm like my school what? makes us walk in through the back through metal detectors yeah. because there were so <laughs> many drive-bys on ashland like i don't know any of like you know i'm like i don't know any of that no i like i don't like we still have to wear uniforms because you know when i was there i mean okay so when president clinton visited chicago uh for the democratic convention that we held and they redid like the on-ramps and all that to have the chicago flag stars like he was visiting lakeview so they redid a lot Lakeview and that's when it got really really nice because like I roller skate in the teacher's parking lot all the time now because it's like the closest largest blacktop to where I live Mm because I basically live like I could see Lakeview High School from my living room like I can see it which is a little surreal sometimes but like when I was going there our football field was a dirt lot and the track had like speed humps in it because they would go to fill the potholes that would develop and they would never smooth them out. So there was like bumps all over the track. And then in the hallway, one of my friends, like one of my girlfriends in high school broke her ankle walking to class because there was potholes in the school. <laughs> like it was janky AF dudes. Like it was bad. But I tried to go to, cause I went from my suburban high school and I was like, okay, well my high school, cause like I would be in Chicago every weekend at my dad's or every other week or whatever it was, you know, whenever he was not on the road with like, came FDM or ministry or whatever. Like that's who we worked with in the nineties a lot and like cheap trick and special pumpkins and like all that. So like when he wasn't on the road with all those bands, sorry, weird name drop. I know, but I'm really proud of my dad. Um, Shout out tall would, dad. Yeah. Tall dad. Hey, um, he's seven feet tall. Hence the name tall dad. He's actually six, eight, but he quite literally is tall dad. Um, so I would go, my high school sweetheart, he went to Lane Tech. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. Now that I've relocated back to the city, now that tall dad's not on the road, I want to go where my high school sweetheart goes, right? Because that's where all my like punk rock friends were and all the skater punks that I hung out with and stuff. And so I try to go to Lane Tech, but I had skipped a grade and a half. So 
they were like trying to place me in junior advanced this and junior advanced that. And I was like, um, I'm so sorry, sir, but why am I retaking my junior year? I had straight A's throughout almost the majority of my scholastic career. And he said, well, you're this old. Why would you already be a senior? And I was like, because I skipped grade, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he goes, well, if you're only going your senior year, then we can't have you here at Lane Tech, regardless of your GPA and the credits that you have, because this is a technical school. So you have to have a major. And in the suburbs, that wasn't a thing. Like you didn't have to have a major. Like you didn't apply to a high school. I really wanted to go to the Chicago Academy for the performing arts, but we couldn't afford it because my family is like lower working class, you know, like we couldn't afford it. I mean, my dad does well with his career, but not enough to send his daughter to a private school and maintain a life for her while he was on the road, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he tried and I just couldn't get enough scholarships to go there. So I just stayed in the burbs with my grandparents and uh, went to those schools. So they tried to send me to, um, I wanted to go to Whitney Young because I had friends there or Lane Tech and they wouldn't let me go. So they were like, well, Lakeview is your closest school because uh, spoiler alert, I'm a really big Cubs fan because I grew up at Clark and Waveland. There's a fake Irish bar there now called the Full Shilling. And uh, it used to be the Wrigleyville Tap. It's right next door to the Metro, which is the club that's right by Wrigley, right? So like I grew up right above it, directly above it. That's where I grew up. And so I would either skateboard or walk to Lakeview because that was the closest. But then when I got to Lakeview, they were like, you have 20 credits already. What are you doing in your senior year of high school? And I said, well, I was in a car accident. I got hit head on by a semi. I missed a semester of gym. So I have to take my senior year. So I legit took a triple art period with Mrs. Sokoloff, which was amazing. And I took like drama and psychology and band. And that's when I found out about the guy getting thrown out the window. So like I legit would just go and drop off my homework and stay at class if I felt like it or just leave because my teachers were like, uh, there, there's a lot of gangbangers that have been targeting you. So you don't have to come this week. And I was like, but I love school. I'm a dork. And they were like, no, you don't have to. You're fine. You have enough straight A's. You're fine. And I was like, okay. So technically, if I can blow people's minds, I was, I graduated in high school in 95, but I was class in 96. And I was uh, one of 25, 23 Caucasians in the school. And I was the only one that wasn't Polish or Ukrainian, like that what didn't speak Polish or Ukrainian. So I wasn't friends with any of those kids. I was friends with everyone. I don't care what your background is. If you're cool, you're cool. You know what I mean? And so all my friends in high school at Lakeview, we like always spoke Spanish to each other. And like my nickname was Werita, you know, like, cause I was the little white girl. <laughs> and so like, still to this day, every now and again, I'll run into somebody from high school and they're like, hey, que pasa, Werita? You know, and it's kind of cool. It's kind of nice. So I actually really loved Lakeview in the long run. Uh, were gangs targeting you because you were pretty good with a bow staff? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because they would target me and they would be like, you know, threatening me. And I was like, just kick my ass now. I got to get to psychology, man. I got to do my homework. And they were like, we'll get you after school, Weta. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll see you then. Uh, I got to go to work at Target, which I worked there for a long time, which is uh, something that Mark Villanueva and I have in common you know what I mean we would always be like oh target Val I feel like we could talk to you for another hour um because again like it's the one thing that I love again about you is that 
there's you always have a story to tell you know like you're you're a wonderful storyteller and i think that's what like one of the things that like at work would get us in trouble where we'll sit there and then frank would be like get get the fuck back to work because we've just spent the last like 30 40 minutes uh trading stories back and forth um of course we're gonna have you on a second time again you know hopefully when when you're back in the city as well um i completely forgot to mention val uh the one thing you have on us that we don't you're top seller you know yes yeah we'll, we'll, we'll go out with that like uh how awesome was that you know i believe it was julio designed you know uh a, a t-shirt designed for you it went up and it was like top seller that week and we're talking about like up there with the likes of you know aew shirts like you know indie wrestlers and just you know but before we get out of here how awesome was that for you well okay so it was really surreal and like again matt nix is like the patron saint of all that is good in family in chicago i'm pretty certain because he was like hey valfonts i know you're having a, a hard time financially due to cubs being closed and we're trying to give you as many hours as we can here but i figured it would help you uh pay off some of your medical debt and i know you i know you're saving to buy a new car so like what if we made you a shirt to sell i really want to make sure that you're taken care of and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Why would anybody want a backstage correspondent t-shirt? And he was like, well, people love you. Like the freelance fam love you. And I'm like, oh, well they do, they do, uh, you know, they're nice to me. Like, you know, and I have some really, really good friends in the freelance crew. And so he's like, I'm gonna make you a shirt. And I thought he was joking. I thought he was just trying to be nice. And he's like, no, I wanna get like you and Kirby and Sterling and all the boys that do commentary, like I wanna, help you guys out and get you some shirts made. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, I guess. I'm gonna go back to Heat Press Island, I'll see you later. And then the next day I'm walking by his printing station and Julio's got his iPad or which, uh, whatever. And he's like, they're looking at stuff and they're like, hey, Valfonts, come on over. And I'm like, huh? And they're like, here you are. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's my dorky face. And it, And the thing is, Nick will always be like, Val Capone, Val Capone, Val Capone, whenever I like walk by his workstation and I just, you know, I'm like, eh, like a horse or whatever. I don't know. It's like a stupid thing we do. And he goes, Val Capone, Val Capone, Val Capone is my homie. And I'm like, hey, I'm Val Capone, you know? And then I look on this thing and it's me wearing like a shirt with a heart, you know, and it says like wrestling. And I was like, well, that's not too much like Marty and Sarah's shirt, is it? Because I love them, but I do love wrestling and I don't want to, you know, and I guess they checked with them or whatever. And then they were like, no, it's different. It just says wrestling. It's fine in a heart, you know? And uh, so Frank was like, yeah, okay. We're going to sell exactly zero. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe my dad will buy one. I don't know. Maybe one of the guys that are season ticket holders at freelance will buy one. Like I was just like hoping that I could sell like five, you know? And, uh, you know, they have some of the um, freelance crew shirts on the wall of shirts in the store. And I was like, wow, maybe one day I'll sell enough shirts to be on the wall of shirts. And Frank goes, you gotta sell five shirts to get up there, sorry. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I could sell five shirts. And then it was like, tick, 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 boom, all of a sudden I'm on the top sellers list. And he was like, well, uh, you have to sell them to people you don't know. Cause it was like a lot of roller <laughs> derby people that came out of the woodwork. It was a lot of wrestling fans that bought them. I mean, I sold shirts to folks in New Zealand. Shout out to Mike Riot, who bought my shirt in New Zealand. Love you, brother. Um, and so he was like, well, if you could stay on the best top sellers for more than a week. And then I was for the whole month of September. And you know what supposedly knocked me out as the top seller? 
was the 24-hour limited edition release of the Cody Rhodes Bloody Logo. Mm -hmm. That's what knocked me off as the top seller. And I was like, holy shnikey. I mean, listen, it it, it took a giant like Cody to knock you off that throne. Dude, and considering, like, his brother, like, I love and respect his family so much. Like, his brother is legit, like, Gold Dust, Dustin Rhodes, like, on my Mount Rushmore of all-time favorite wrestlers. He absolutely is everything I love love about wrestling every persona he's done but specifically with gold dust and specifically with what he's doing now holy shnikes like mind-blowingly good stuff and so for like one of the roads like family members to knock my shirt off i was like wow this is my life what is the zaniness so thank you to each and every one of you that is a homie of val capone and especially thank you to those of you that ordered the sleeveless variety because unless they're long sleeves are wrong so <laughs> uh val uh, thank you again uh you know we'll again like i mentioned we'll we'll, we'll have you on again you know to, to talk some more chicago history and just all things nerdy because that's that's who the three of us are at our core um but for people who want to hear more of you want to see more of you where can people find you online um so of course um i'm on twitter at val capone just all one word uh you know and then on Instagram, I'm at Valfonts because I'm named after Alphonse. While the song by Steve Winwood and also Amy Winehouse, but definitely Steve Winwood, is one of my favorites. My name is not Valerie. I'm named after Alphonse Capone, so I'm Valfonts Capone. So, yeah. And then, uh, you know, you're going to find me this weekend on IWTV, on Fight TV. And I am blown away that this is my life. And I cannot thank the two of you enough for having me on. I legit was joking, dudes, when I was like, hey, when do I get to be on? Can I be episode number 89? That's my jersey number in roller derby. I was like joking. And then you were like, well, yeah, we were planning on having you on. But 89's in a while. And I was like, oh, oh, no, I, I yeah, I have to be that episode. And then I was like very stern about it. I'm like, I have to be episode 89. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I mean, it was that. It was like, again, like I mentioned, like, you know, we'll have people who are like, yeah, can I be on? It's like, yeah, sure. And then 89 was so far away that I was just like, sure. Yeah, if, if that's the one specific one you want, okay, why not? You know? And how crazy that it timed out with uh, in the middle of this, you know, global pandemic. Also, when I'm like living across the country uh, in California and then flying here to work mania week like can we just talk about how melting my brain is right now that i get to be a part of Mania week like seven-year-old little valfonce being blown away at wrestlemania 2 because that was the first time i ever saw women wrestle and i saw it in person and i turned to my dad and i was like you mean girls can wrestle and my dad was like of course you can do anything you want you're a badass and i was like seven and it was not so fabulous moolah and velvet mcintyre and the match admittedly was garbage but it was brilliant because it blew my mind that women could wrestle and now i get to ring announce for the real hot girl show like the real hot girl shit show (laughs) you know i mean it's crazy and getting to represent the queer community is also awesome as a bi woman it's like it's unbelievable that effie has faith in me and wants like straight up when we worked together last he i was like okay so am i ring announcing or how can i help this time like because i know i I knew i was booked and he's like girl i got you on commentary i want you on the whole show and i was like like it blew my mind and then i celebrated by eating lady gaga oreos which i feel is kind of appropriate but (laughs) 
Thank you, Stupid Michael. <laughs> yeah, shout out, Stupid Michael. Uh, but uh, all right, Val, we'll uh, we'll let you go again. Thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to us. We look forward to to you know seeing and hearing you this weekend on IWTV. And uh, yeah, once you come back to Chicago, and you know we'll we'll be happy to finally see you again. It's, it's been too long. Yeah, stay safe and have fun. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Again to the wonderful Val Capone for that interview. Um, it's funny because, like in normal everyday conversation we have, and it's like whenever we try to break off one conversation, another one just keeps coming. Yeah. And that was very much this, where it's just like, okay, 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 no, no, but for real, this one. Okay, no, no, but for real, this one. Um, but yeah, love Val. Yeah, I'm very happy that we finally got to record with her, and I, I do feel like there was so much more that oh, yeah. we could have talked about. We just didn't get around to it how about her living her best life i mean that's one thing like we always talk about here if you want to do something just go do it and you know she wants to spend like half the year at disney world go do it and she makes you know she works hard to make stuff like that possible and you know at the shop she's constantly working hard and she's also kind of like the den mother there if anyone's saying anything slightly off color and off branch like hey Watch your mouth, or if she catches you with your mask slipping down a little bit under your nose, lift that mask up. So, I mean, I, I can't be, I can't be happier for, her, especially for this weekend. So, oh no, definitely. Like I am, I'm so happy whenever I see any of my friends doing something they love. Like one of my friends, um, her name's Alex. Uh, like on on Twitter, people might know her. She's uh, at Queen of the Ring. Um, huge wrestling fan. Like one of the biggest wrestling fans that I know specifically like women's wrestling. She's a huge advocate for it. I know she has like a, it's called like the church of Joshi where like, um, I think they just talk about like, you know, Japanese women's wrestling matches and stuff. She recently got to be on WWE's the bump. That was awesome. Like seeing friends, you know, like I was like, Holy shit. Like I, I was just like, Whoa, this is insane. Like she's doing this. Like I love anytime any of my friends get to do something that they love, you know, like I'm, I don't know. Just I know there's some people that do feel some type of way sometime, and it's a lot of like, why not me? Why not me? Um, yeah. You know, and I'm not gonna. I'm not perfect. I'm sure there's been times where I've been like, oh man, I wish that would have been me. But like, not. You know, that was more so probably when I was younger, when I was a kid. Nowadays, like, if I see any of my friends do some cool shit, I'm just like, fuck yeah, man! Like that. That's awesome. Like I love it. Like like when Vinny went viral with his Fanny DeVito pack. You know, the Fanny packs available at the Crypto Closet. <laughs> Yeah, we've been his biggest cheerleaders with that. Yeah, I love you know. Anytime any of my friends do some cool shit like that, like I'm always there to back. I'm always there to support them. Um, well, and here's another thing too. Here's a good rule of thumb: if if you're ever thinking to yourself, "Why not me?" That's a question you got to ask yourself. Why not me? What am I not doing that I'm not getting that thing that I I'm envious of? Right, and then just go do it. I mean, you'll see that with just about everyone that's successful and or happy with what they're doing. You know, they just go for it. And it's as simple as that sometimes. Oh, for sure. And like, you know, it's, uh, it's like Cody says, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta put the work in. Yeah. Do the work. Yeah. Um, Hey, really quickly. I wanted to plug two podcasts, uh, that we were part of, um, that we, uh, um, you know, separately of, of course, um, you were on episode 10 of the, the wrestling nerd broadcast, our, our buddy, Ryan Crossley, I mentioned him before, um, you know, they, they have, he has his own show podcast and, and you were on episode 10 of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I will be on an upcoming episode as well. Um, because you know, 
we love Ryan Crossley. Ryan Crossley is a really cool guy. Um, so you were on that. And then I was um, earlier on the week, last Tuesday, uh, I was part of uh, the draft pod, um, part of the Jabroni University network of podcasts, you know, uh, Wes Allen, we've had him on before. Um, yeah, yeah, very fun. Like uh, the whole premise of their podcast is they do these like um, mock drafts of various things. You know, you do like um, fast food, uh, you know, Halloween movies, um, actors, just random things. R was wrestling wrestlers in movies. Um, very fun, but very much like every other podcast that isn't PW, much like every podcast that I'm on quickly turned into like the scrump show where I was just telling just a bunch of stories and, and random things. Like one story, like one question that they asked me was like, what is your go-to movie to show like a woman when you bring her over, you know? And I never really thought of that, but I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, it depends. Like, as of, as of late, it's been, depending on the girl, it's been Psycho Gorman. Like, if I'm like, okay, you know, if I can, if I get the vibe where I'm like, okay, you'll, you'll enjoy Psycho Gorman. Um, if not, either that Thor Ragnarok. Cause I find even like nobody, nobody can not, not like Thor Ragnarok, you know? Like, I don't think I've ever shown that movie to a person. They've been like, meh, that was all right. Um, because Chris Hemsworth is just so dreamy. Um, but yeah, you know, you check that out as well. Um, at the draft pod, they made these, they made this cool little like baseball card. Um, yeah. Kind of thing for me, you know, to kind of celebrate me being like a multiple time guest on there. And I was just like, Oh, that looks awesome. I wish I really had that so I could give to my mother. <laughs> um, we both love doing podcasts for people we love. So, uh, it's always fun showing up on another show and, you know, especially when it's a really quality show. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Hey, uh, what do you say? We, you know, kind of get out of here. It's a pretty long episode. Um, again, if you, you know, if you like, if this is your first time listening again, thank you for finding us. Um, Dave and I, you know, we do a lot more talking in, in the form of like the, the additional content over on our Patreon. Again, there's the go, go storm and staying power Ranger mini show. You know, we've done episodes on Rita Repulsa, Zordon, um, Tommy Oliver, the green Ranger. Um, again, this week comes, we're dropping one on the original five Power Rangers six because we do mention Tommy Oliver, um, as as well as uh, Scrump and Sting family video. You know we've done such movies as uh, Disney's 2001 Atlantis, Fargo, Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump, uh, the 2017 reboot of Power Rangers, Godzilla versus Kong, and then again this week we'll be dropping the Truman Show. Um, and you get those movie reviews for uh, you know if you join the Patreon for as low as the five dollar tier, you, you get all those movie reviews um you know if you go over to our page we have a, a fun little menu shows you everything that you get and stuff um but yeah hey and then next week we have a really fun interview I, we mentioned in the wonder thou we we got the chance to talk with eric bischoff wb hall of famer eric bischoff uh one of my favorite people ever one of my favorite interviews that we've done like i was admittedly yeah. a little bit nervous before because i was just like oh man like what if fucking what if we just like what if he's not into but he was i mean we talked to the guy for almost like an hour um which is pretty fun. And it was like right, literally right before the hall of fame was airing. So he's probably like, let's wrap it up. guys." But no, he was very generous with his time. Yeah. So next week, uh, will be in a very special episode of Eric Bischoff. And then, Hey, we're only at, you know, we're only 11 episodes away from episode 100, uh, featuring Ryan Barkin. And, um, we will be working on something special for, uh, Patreon members as far as like an additional interview with Ryan. Um, we'll have more information on that available, kind of just the, the closer we get to that but yeah um 
you know, that, that's kind of about it that uh, I've got to say here for the uh, That's kind of everything that I've got left to say here. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not even going to edit that out. You know, I got no, tied. It's been a long, it's been a long week. All right. Uh, yeah. But for the PWT cast, you guys, I've been scrum. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say. And so, well, we must bid you adieu. So until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.